Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 1. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. This letter was written three years before he actually got there. And Paul says, I want to get there by any means. And I don't think Paul got there the way Paul thought he was going to get there. I think Paul probably thought I'm going to get there on a first class ticket on Carnival Cruise Line. It didn't happen that way. Were you with us in the book of Acts? Oh, you know that it didn't happen that way. God says, "Okay, Paul, you want to get there? Well, first, I want you to stay in Caesarea for another year, and then you're going to get on board a ship with some guys headed to Rome, and most of these guys are going to become lion food in the Roman arenas. Some of them are going to be gladiators. And while you're traveling to Rome, Paul, you're going to hit a Eurocliden, a storm, and then you're going to find yourself shipwrecked, and then you're going to wash up on the beach, and you're going to try to start a fire, and a snake's going to bite you, and... Paul was thinking, I want to get there, but I wasn't thinking to get there like I got there. (laughs) Yeah. Paul says, by any means, God said, are you sure? (laughs) And we say that, don't we? Oh, God, I want to be a woman of God by any means. Oh, I want to be a man of God by any means. I want to be a youth person on fire for Jesus by any means. Are you sure? You know, somebody once said, be careful what you ask for, because you what? Just might get it. Oh, by any means, God. We don't even know what we're praying. We don't even know what we're saying. We don't know. God, you know, I just, whatever it takes, I just want to be more like you. Jesus said, are you sure? Oh, yes, I am sure. Oh, yes. Okay, here's some trials for you. Well, I wasn't kind of thinking that. (laughs) I was thinking more blessings. I wasn't kind of thinking this whole trial thing. Paul says, by any means, I want to get to you. And then in verse 14 in your Bibles, notice he goes on to say, I am a debtor. I love that word. I am a debtor. That literally means to be bound by duty. I am a debtor. Paul says, I am bound by duty or I am obligated to preach the gospel. Why? Because I think, listen, I think Paul would say I'm a debtor or bound by duty because, listen, in Acts chapter 9, when Paul got saved on the road to Damascus, there truly was a change in his life. There truly was a change. 
And it was in that conversion and in that time of change that Paul fully understood what Jesus had done for his life. Paul knew where he had come from and he knew that he had been delivered from a life of religiosity. And Paul now says, I am a debtor. I have a debt to pay, a debt that I owe. And the debt is not to pay money. The debt is to preach the gospel. It was in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and Paul says, I am compelled to preach. Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Paul was a debtor to preach the gospel. He had to preach the gospel. And then he said, not only am I a debtor, but he also said, now I am ready. Notice that in your Bibles. I am ready. Notice that Paul goes on to say, listen, I'm not only a debtor, but I'm ready to preach the gospel. I think again, Paul had a ready spirit. Acts chapter 9, remember when he got saved and God said, and then Paul said, what do you want me to do, Lord? Paul said, I am ready. He was always ready. If Paul had a personalized license plate, it'd probably say, I'm ready. I really think so. Acts chapter 21, verse 13, Paul tells us he was ready to suffer. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16, Paul tells us he was ready to be obedient. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, Paul tells us he was ready to die. And here in our text, Paul says, I'm ready to preach and I'm ready to serve. Why? Because in verse 16, saints, would you read verse 16 with me again? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. Listen, if you're taking notes, verse 16 and verse 17 is the theme for the entire book of Romans. Verse 16 and 17 is the theme for the entire book. And one of the, and I want to point out for you this morning four things I want you to note about what Paul says about the gospel. Four things I want you to note of what Paul says about the gospel. Number one, Paul tells us the origin of the gospel. Notice it is the gospel from God, the origin of the gospel. And then secondly, Paul tells us the dynamic of the gospel. It is the power of God. And then Paul tells us the aim of the gospel. Its aim is salvation. The purpose of the gospel, listen, is salvation. Amen, saints? And then finally, fourthly, Paul tells us the scope of the gospel in verse 16. It's for everyone. The origin of the gospel, from God. The dynamic of the gospel, it's the power of God. The aim of the gospel is salvation. And the scope of the gospel, it is for everyone. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And the reason he wasn't ashamed is because he knows the gospel, listen, has inherent power. There's no other book ever written that has inherent power in it. None of the bestsellers on New York Times bestseller list, none of Oprah's recommendations on what to read, none of these things have power. 
The gospel of Jesus Christ has power. And saints, listen, listen. We listen. We don't give it power. It has power. Somebody say amen. Amen. Okay. There's a lot of talk. Perhaps you've heard, you're blessed if you haven't, about working the word. This is a very, very common phrase. The church goes through all these phrases. You ever notice that? I'm not the only one. The church goes through all these different phrases, and most of which are not biblical. And one of them of late is we need to work the word, work the word. And what they mean by that is if you do what the word says and you go through the word and you dig in hard enough and you work this thing, the word will work for you and you will be prosperous and blessed. And I'm amazed, I am amazed at the stuff folks buy into. This is not biblical. You don't work the word. You don't work God's word. God's word is power all by itself. It doesn't need your help. You can't help it along. And if, in fact, you could help it along, then whatever happened before you showed up? What did folk do before you showed up to work the word? Y'all pray for me. I'm struggling. I'm amazed. Listen, God's word is powerful all by itself. It was powerful before you showed up, and it shall be powerful after you leave. Because it has inherent power. You don't have to do anything. You know, that's a good thing. You don't even have to be eloquent of speech. All you need to do is share the word and speak forth God's word. And God's word will do and accomplish what it is sent to do because God's word has power. That's why. Listen to this, May 18th. 1980, 1,200 feet was ripped off of Mount St. Helens by an explosion which, which estimated at 500 times more powerful than the force of a bomb that destroyed Hiroshima. There hadn't been an explosion on this mountain for 123 years, and then all of a sudden, in minutes, a power was unleashed, and thousands of tons of volcanic ash covered the nearby communities, literally turned day to night. 26 lakes were destroyed, 154 miles of trout stream, 195 square miles of wildlife was destroyed. Powerful. But listen, Mount St. Helens was nothing compared to August 27, 1883. Mount Karakota in Indonesia erupted with a force that was equal to 30 hydrogen bombs. It was 60 times more powerful than Mount St. Helens. The mountain erupted and caused a tidal wave that killed 36,000 people in Java and Sumatra. That is a lot of power. And yet, listen, the Bible tells us 
that God's word is even more powerful than that. Because God's word, watch this, has creative power. In the beginning, God said, light be, light was. That's power, y'all. God's word has creative power. Man, we think we're powerful, don't we? We think we're powerful. I go to the gym. I watch some of these guys. I want to walk up to them. They're like this big and this wide. Their arms are like 25. Their pecs are out to here. I want to walk up going, you think you're powerful, don't you? But I don't. (laughs) But I want to. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I leave the gym shorter. Man, man's power is limited at best. God is all powerful. Amen, Amen, saints. And you can see God's power in the virgin birth. As, as, As a virgin conceived and brought forth a sinless man. You can see God's power as Jesus stretched forth his hands to heal people. You can see God's power as Jesus stretched out his hands on the cross. You can see the power of God in the suffering and the death of Jesus. You can see the power of God on the third day as God reached out of heaven and rolled the stone away. You can see the power of God as Jesus Christ rose from the grave. And Paul says, I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, because it is the power of God. I'm not ashamed. Question, are you, are we ashamed of the gospel? Hey, where you work, where you go to school, in your neighborhood, at the gym, wherever you go, whatever you do, are you ashamed of the gospel? Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Are you more interested to be cool? Than a Christian? Hmm. Rather be cool than a Christian? Don't be ashamed of the gospel because Jesus wasn't ashamed when he hung on the cross naked for you. He wasn't ashamed. Don't you be ashamed. Notice Paul says, I'm not ashamed. I am not ashamed. You know, we need people who are not ashamed of the gospel. I don't care what you do, where you go, who you be. Don't be ashamed of the gospel in your business, whatever you do. I love it when business people in there have businesses or services and they try to share the gospel in any way that they can, in any way that they can, in any little thing that they can share the gospel. They do. I love that. I look at many of you and you're in your own businesses and you have opportunities to share the gospel wherever you go and you travel during the week, wherever you go. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. No, you don't have to be annoying and, and be Jesus crazy because that's just crazy. But, but it's crazy. But, you know, you don't meet somebody and they're just kind of crazy, you know. Don't be crazy because people will just think you're crazy. Somebody say amen. I told you it was deep and theological this morning, didn't I? It's crazy. But, but you can share the gospel and, and be normal because it, it is normal 
to be a Christian. It's not weird. It's normal. Share the gospel. Don't be ashamed. Paul says he's not ashamed of the gospel. Notice he says the gospel of Jesus Christ is for everyone. In other words, no person is too sinful. Get this. No person is too sinful and no person is beyond the power of God. Amen, saints? The gospel is for everyone. It's for the educated and the uneducated. The gospel is for all races, African and Asian and Slavic people and European people and American people. The gospel is for everyone. It makes no difference to God. If you are lost, you are a candidate for God's salvation. It was Billy Graham, or pardon me, Billy Sunday, who said that Jesus was able to save from the guttermost to the uttermost. The gospel is for everyone. And not only is the gospel for, for everyone, but it is also for everyone who, notice in verse 16, who believes. You see that? The gospel is a call to believe in Jesus Christ. Believing in Christ is the only requirement, and it is a responsibility of people to put their faith in Christ. To everyone who believes, Jesus didn't come to save people from their wounded self-esteem. Amen. And Jesus didn't come to make people rich, and he didn't come to make people better people. He came to save men from their meaningless lifestyle and to give them purpose in this life and the life to come. That's why the Savior was born. The Savior was born to save people from their sins that they might believe. And Paul says this gospel message goes to the Jew first. And as you watch the gospel spread, you see that the gospel went to the Jew first and then to the Gentiles. That means the gospel wasn't Meant to, it was meant to go in order to Jew first and then Gentiles were all other cultures of people because in the good news of Jesus Christ in verse 17 is the righteousness of God revealed. Simply put, the gospel reveals the righteousness of God. Listen, you can either have your own righteousness or you can have the righteousness that is brought to you by Jesus Christ. You can have your own righteousness We call that self-righteousness. Or you can have the righteousness of God provided by Jesus Christ. Paul says that righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. From faith to faith. What does that mean? Simply this, saints, listen. It simply means faith from beginning to end. From faith to faith. Faith from beginning to end. And notice it doesn't say from faith to works. It doesn't say from works to faith. It says from faith to faith or faith from beginning to end. In other words, when you got saved, you got saved by grace through faith. And the whole time that you are saved, it's faith that will lead you home. And you walk by faith through this whole Christian thing. And how is it that we seem to forget that? We get saved by faith, and then all of a sudden we start to agonize and organize, and now we're, we're, we're keeping our salvation by works. Paul said to the church at Galatia, Paul said, you foolish, empty-headed Galatians, who has put a spell on you that you have begun in the spirit, and now are you going to be made perfect in the flesh? Having begun in grace, are you now going to be perfected by the law? Paul says your salvation is from beginning to end 
faith to faith. I got saved in, on January 23rd, 1982, and I got saved by grace through faith. And all of these 20-something years now of walking with Jesus, I've been doing it by faith. And try not to depend on works. We somehow just think that we need to start working. And now God loves me if I work for my salvation. You can't work for your salvation. You didn't obtain it that way. And you can't keep it that way. Amen. Amen. We're saved by grace through faith. Paul says, because the just ones shall live by faith. We live by faith. We live by faith. And Paul says, I am not ashamed of this gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and then also to the Greeks, to the Gentiles. For the righteousness of God is revealed. This is how we're made righteous, by faith. So don't be ashamed. Let me read you this as we close. I've read it in the past, but I got to read it again. And I want you to listen closely. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. One Christian disciple wrote, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. The decision has been made. I never step over the line. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed, my present makes sense, and my future is secure. I am finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, and cheap giving and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence and prosperity and position and promotions and popularity. I don't have to be right, first, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on his presence, love with patience, and live by prayer and labor with power. My face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, and my way is rough. My companions are few, and my guide is reliable, and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, and meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up, or slow up until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, and spoken up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till all know, and work Till he stops me. And when Jesus comes for his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. My banner is clear. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. Are you? We should be. And may God help us. When you realize, when you realize what God has done for you. I don't think it's that difficult to be a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. You know, I think we forget what God has done for us. 
Don't you remember before you were a Christian how miserable you were? I remember. I remember getting up mornings from partying all night. Had a headache. Sick. Couldn't find my wallet. Well, I knew y'all were going to say amen right there, but that's okay. I, I'm the only one. I know. You know, and then when I get, became a Christian, now all of a sudden, you know, God has changed my life. Don't you realize you've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light and life in Christ? This is what makes us debtors. This is why we feel like we owe. Because of all that he's done for me. Because of how God has blessed me and made something out of this meaningless life of mine. And because of all that God has done now, I owe him my life. You owe him your life. He doesn't want your money. You can hold on to your check. Ooh, and last time you heard that in church. <laughs> you can hold on to your check. How about this? Give him your life. How about this? Give him your heart. Because we're debtors. And we are part of the fellowship the unashamed. I'm not ashamed. Rodney is not ashamed. I served Satan before I became a Christian. January 22nd, 1982, I was serving the devil with everything in me. Stayed up all night, partied all night, did everything I could possibly do to serve the devil. It is my privilege to stay up all night and do everything I can possibly do because I'm a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. That's my privilege. Oh, oh, you to serve the Lord so much, and oh, you're such a blessing. Yeah, well, I'm a debtor. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.